Welcome back to this week's episode of the Fit as Buck podcast. I'm your host, Greg Buck, here with my co-host, Colin Bash. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Um, this week, we're going to be talking about how to preserve a stimulus in a workout. So the reason this one came up is a few weeks ago, we had a workout in class that was a minute 30 of work followed by 30 seconds of rest. In that minute 30 of work, you had a barbell complex followed by 12 toes to bar followed by a front rack barbell hold. The barbell complex itself was three hang power cleans, two front squats, one hang squat clean. So the directions of this workout were to complete the complex in 30 seconds or less. So you should be scaling the weight appropriately there. Toes to bar, the prescribed amount was 12. Again, the goal was to complete those in 30 seconds or less. 12 toes to bar in 30 seconds or less, you either need to do that in two fast sets or one set unbroken. There's not really any other way you can get 12 toes to bar done in 30 seconds unless you do it one of those two ways. Followed by that, you're just to go back to your barbell, get the front rack hold there. Again, leaves you about 30 seconds of work, hold for about 30 seconds, rest for 30 seconds, repeat for six rounds. With this workout, the thing we were trying to harp on during the directions of the class were, hey, you should be scaling the toes to bar to a point where it's gonna take you those 30 seconds. Whether it's a max effort set, two quick sets, um, if you wanna work on stringing, that's fine, but again, only work for 30 seconds. We saw a ton of people who quote unquote can do toes to bar, sit at that bar for 45 seconds to a minute and never get back to the front rack hold. This was very frustrating as a coach. <laughs> as Again, guys, we wouldn't tell you these things unless we had a reason behind them. Um, you know, part of that might be on us where maybe we need to explain our reasoning a little bit better. But at the end of the day, I think you guys should place the trust, and I assume you do, otherwise you wouldn't keep coming, in <laughs> us to give you the correct um, instructions on what you should be getting out of this workout. Yeah, I was going to say, like, we've made multiple points during the warm-up of that class that, like, hey, this is the point. Right. This is the point of the workout. We want you to get there. Here's how you get there. And yet, continue. <laughs> and yet, many of us didn't get the point of the workout. So, with this workout specifically... The point of the workout was not to work on your toes to bar. The point of your workout was to do quick sets, fatigue the midline, work on midline stability, and work on cycling and being comfortable in that front rack position, right? So we have a lot of front rack work, we got a lot of midline work, then we're back to a combination of front rack and midline work. For many of us, we never got back to that combo position, right? So we're missing out on working on our front rack and working on our midline stability. That was the point of that workout. Work on the midline stability. If you're gonna do single toes to bar for however long, you're never gonna get better at toes to bar. This is what we always talk about when it comes to progressions and varying your scales. Like I understand you can do 12 toes to bar and that's fine, but if you're not doing them with the intensity and the intent we're trying to get you to get out of this workout, you're missing the point. Yeah, It's the same thing Exactly the same thing as when you go and do Fran and it takes you 20 minutes because you used no band and you used a 95 pound or a 65 pound barbell. That's not the point of that workout. If you're doing Fran and it's taking you longer than 
six minutes, which is still kind of long. I think we cap it at eight usually. But if you're not under six minutes, like you are missing the point of Fran. Exactly. And the point of this workout was to get in all of those movements. We wouldn't put the movement in there if we didn't want you to do it. Exactly. Um, what are some other good examples of preserving the stimulus you could think of, Colin? Uh, to me, I always end up going back to the benchmarks only because we know that's going to be a repeatable movement or a repeatable workout where it's easy to see what our stimulus should be. Obviously for this workout, it's not one we've done before. So yes, I can understand like, okay, the first time you do it, maybe the only time you do it, like, okay, maybe I don't really know what I should be doing, but we're trying to make that super, super clear to you. And if you're not clear on what you should be accomplishing on the workout, ask, you know, and most of the time, if we see, hey, man, you didn't get back to your front rack position on your next round, maybe look at cutting your toes to bar down or shedding some weight on your bar and you still don't do that. Like, that's kind of a kick in the nuts to us. <laughs> like, we're only trying to help you. Like, yeah, I, exactly. like, I don't really care if you don't get the... No, I do care if you don't get the most out of your workout. But if I'm telling you how you can get the most out of your workout and you're going to ignore me then I don't care at that point. That's on you. Yeah. Okay. You're all adults. I'm going to tell you once, either you're going to listen. I might tell you again. If you're not going to listen again, you're on your own at that point. Yeah. And what I can guarantee is you are going to stall your progress and you are not going to get your potential and get fitter as quickly as you could if you're doing the workout correctly. Exactly. I mean, I think like, man, that was a lot to riff off right there, but that was a big old rant. Um, I think, like, my personal, like, uh, I don't want to say, like, vendetta on this or anything like that, but, like, and I listened to, um, Ben Bergeron, actually, extremely recently about this, but, uh, like, you, and you said it, if, just because you can do the movement doesn't mean that you should be doing the movement. Uh You know, I'm, like, we, like I said, like, as an example, and I'm not, I'm never going to name any names in this type of situation, but, I mean, like, if you can do 12 toes to bar, exactly what you said, you can do 12 toes to bar, does that mean that you should be doing 12 toes to bar six times in this workout? Right. Most likely not. In the case of, of I'm, I can do 12 single toes to bar, yeah, you can do 12 toes to bar, like, great job, A+. Plus. Can you string two together? Can you string three together? Can you string six together? Can you string all of them together? Can you get through that in 30 seconds? Can you get through that to the point of that next movement that combines the two front rack movement right. with the midline stability, which is, I, in my view, was actually the most important part of that workout because we're kind of combining both of the stimuluses that we were providing with the complex and the toes bar and taxing the entire system with that last movement. Correct. It, it was the crux of the workout. And I mean, that's probably why people didn't get to it and you didn't want to get to it right, when you did hard. get there because it was right. hard. Right. But that's why we do hard things. We're trying to make it better. So we have to do hard things. Yeah. So, and, so like you were saying, you know, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah. Okay? I can string 12 toes to bar together. It's one of the few gymnastic movements I'm actually very good at. I am not very gymnasty. I'm very big for a CrossFit athlete. What? Toes to bar is one of my good movements. My first set, I did 12 unbroken, and then I scaled to 8 going forward. Because I did the 12, and I was like, there's no fucking chance I can keep that up. <laughs> and that's what you should be doing in these situations, you know? Um, okay, maybe you keep doing your smaller sets, or you break them in half, or whatever. It's like, okay, you're getting more toes to bar work in. But you don't think midline stability is going to help with your toes to bar work? 
It's for sure is literally the basis of everything. Right, <laughs> right. So, you know, we work on toes to bar all the time, and like we talk about, like the time to really like hit it hard and try to improve those movements is not during metcons. Where you should be trying to improve those movements is in skill work before or after class or when we're doing teaching sessions on those movements, yeah. right? It, you're not going to be any fitter because you struggled out 12 toes to bar every round for the six rounds and never got a front rack hold. Yeah. That's not helping your fitness as much as you would help your fitness if you preserved your stimulus. And I feel like a lot of times this goes across the board. A lot of us think, oh, well, that's not me. Oh, well, that's not me. This goes from the beginner athlete, the intermediate athlete, all the way up to the advanced athlete. You know, a lot of times we feel like for preserving the stimulus with more of the beginning athletes, we almost have to skill you guys up. A lot of times you guys are using like an empty barbell. I'm like, hey, man, you're throwing that thing around like a fucking toothpick. Like, put some weight on there. Like, yeah. like you know, it took you five seconds to do that complex. I'm giving you 25 seconds to do. Yeah. Like, put some weight on there. Yeah, like sometimes when I say, like, are you going to throw some weight on there or not, it's a joke. And other times it's, it's really not a joke. Right. <laughs> right. Or, you know, maybe you're in the middle. I think a lot of times when you're in the middle, it's almost harder to navigate that um, scaling up or scaling down because a lot of times when you're more of a middle of the road athlete, you're kind of borderline with a lot of the skills. And so we can hit some pull-ups, we can hit some toes to bar. And, you know, especially if you're doing singles on that stuff, like I had a couple people ask me with that workout specifically, like, hey, like I could do 12 toes to bar, but I can only do one at a time. So I told him, I was like, hey, do two quick sets or one longer set where you're just trying to get as many reps as you can in while stringing them together. Because if you're not working on stringing them together, it's never going to happen, okay? Yes, like we've talked about before, can you do quick singles and get decent scores on stuff? A hundred percent. When it's open time, if you know you doing quick singles on toes to bar for a specific workout is going to get you farther in that workout or during a local competition, a hundred percent do that. But guess what? When it's the daily workout to put your fucking score on the whiteboard that doesn't matter and gets erased tomorrow, put like <laughs> push yourself how you should be pushing yourself. Because yeah. that's going to make you better in the long run. Yeah. And then you're not going to have to do, hopefully, single repetitions on stuff because you're working on that stuff daily. Yeah. You know. I mean, branching off the whiteboard, we could go through a lot of different... A lot of different uh, uh, pathways and rabbit holes there, but I mean, like one specific instance that I had was like, "Well, if I don't do toes to bar, I'm not going to be able to put RX in." Right. And I was like, "Then don't put RX in. Right. It doesn't matter. The, getting RX today is not the point. Like the point is to move through that workout efficiently and working on a certain skill and getting to a point where you can finish." the actual like movements that we have up on the board like if if it's not our ex it's not our ex it's okay i know like man we talk all the time about like how people view that word scaled Mm -hmm. and i mean like me and you use it in our daily um you know like programming talk and stuff like that like oh like we have to so and so scale it this way or you know what i mean like open workouts are scaled this way or like i don't even like everybody has such a negative connotation of the word scaled i don't particularly enjoy that like we're we're preserving the the stimulus there we're tr- we're getting you the best workout the most beneficial workout to get you to a fr- like to further your fitness rather than 
sitting there and crushing yourself on a barbell that's probably too heavy to be doing the complex or a movement that's too high skill for you to be able to get through in the allotted amount of time. Um, we're working on actually like, pr- like programming in such a way that it it's it's more beneficial to move through it quickly than sitting there grinding to try and click a blue button on the right. whiteboard. It, do, it doesn't matter. Right. It just and doesn't matter. If you guys saw my post on Facebook and on Instagram, like that's something that I've struggled with for years. You know, I, like I said before, like I'm a bigger CrossFit athlete. The stuff that's heavy and short is stuff that is way more in my wheelhouse. So when I see stuff like that workout where it's like intervals with lighter weight, a gymnastic movement and a hold, like I'm okay now to scale that weight down and just do what I can to make sure I'm hitting that stimulus. You know, this on Saturday this week we had fight gone bad and that's one of my favorite workouts. I've done it a ton of times and like I'm more than capable of doing that workout at RX. I did it at the women's RX just because that happened to be who I got paired up with and I still had a workout that kicked my ass. And like I was using a lighter barbell, a lighter wall ball, and like it was still a very potent workout. Just because you're going lighter or you're not RXing doesn't mean you're not going to get your ass kicked. Yeah, like, exactly. And it, like bringing it back to that workout on Friday, like then if if you're not RXing, you're doing hanging knee raises, and those are easy. Then do it faster. Right. <laughs> right. I know that's a that's a crazy scenario. Right. But then do it faster. Right. See if you can get 45 seconds on the bar. Right. See what happens then to your body. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. The, I, that's always my... I think somebody mentioned that to me before. Like, well, I can only do the push press at, at 75, but, like, the RX weight is 115. So, this barbell workout, I don't really know if I'm going to get a good workout. And I looked at them dead in the face and was like, hey... Do everything else faster. Right. Everything else. Right. Worry about the push press when you get to the push press. Right. Do everything else with the barbell faster. And guess what? They were on the ground after the workout right. in a pool of sweat because right. it was still very hard because they went as fast as they possibly could. And guess what? They got fitter. Right. Still happens. Right. Yeah. And, you know, that's the thing. Take, take a second. Take a step back. Even... So something a little bit off pace from what you're saying is, yeah, go faster. That's cool. Or, hey... Make sure you're hitting all your positions with full muscular engagement through your entire range of motion. Like, hey, does your shoulder sag forward when you do a front squat? Do you lose tension in your hips in the bottom? Do you lose tension in your core when you do your overhead squat? Guess what? Lock every single muscle down on every single rep. It's like you're doing a plank for every rep. It's twice as hard. And guess what? (laughs) realistically that's how you should be moving (laughs) and that's not how most of us move if you look at matt frazier or rich froning or tia claire toomey some of the best movers in the world every single muscle in their body is tensed on every single movement you can't just go flying around with a loose core and loose hips and let your knees go wherever they want like you need to be locking down your entire body on each movement yeah for repetitions, for wall balls, for burpees, everything should be engaged. And most of us don't do that. If you start doing that, you're going to burn more calories, you're going to move more efficiently, you're going to build more muscle, and you're just going to be a much better athlete if yeah. you can move like that well and over time. Like yeah. it, It's crazy how much more 
um, energy expenditure that takes, and it's crazy how much money you get out of your workouts when you do that. That's been like my sole focus the last two or three months is just to move super effectively on every movement and try to engage every single muscle on every single movement. It's hard. Yeah. It makes it much harder. But again, that's how you should be moving. That's how you move when you're doing a max effort lift. That's how you should be moving when you move a barbell. Yeah. You know, it's like we talk about all the time. Address the bar the same, whether it's an empty bar or a 200-pound bar. Yeah, it should look exactly the same. Exactly. It's the same for a 200-pound smash as it is for a 75-pound right. smash. Exactly. There's no difference there. Um, <clears throat> I mean, like, kind of going back a little bit, too, and, like, like back to my whole scale than our ex rant that I had already, since we're on the topic of rants. Um, something that, like, and the reason why I don't like calling it scaled anymore is, like, I think like everybody's RX is different. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't particularly like s- s- say so. Uh, I don't want to use Matt Fraser as another example, but like Matt Fraser doing a toast bar and compared to a beginner athlete doing a hanging knee raise might be the exact same amount of effort between the two of them. Like and a that's toast the bar, goal. exactly, and that's the goal. Like just because his RX is is a toast bar or uh, or a a ring muscle up doesn't mean that it's not exactly that same difficulty for a beginner athlete doing a hanging knee raise or a ring row. It, I mean, obviously, like they're they can be more complex movements, but like if you're doing them correctly, they are still hard. Right. So going back to that Bergeron podcast you were talking about, what he says and what I think is the best way to think about it is your RX quote unquote is written so you have an idea of what your stimulus should be during your workout it's not written as this is what you should do your weight at it's written as the average athlete or the little bit above average athlete is going to do it at this weight or with these movements and this is how it should feel what it should look like this is the time domain it's in yeah so let's just use fran because it's the easiest example it's one everyone knows exactly what i was going 21 15 9 95 pound thrusters for the guys 65 pound thrusters for the girls uh, chin over bar kipping pull-ups that workout should take you four minutes or less realistically again i think when we do it in class we cap it around six to eight minutes but in theory the rx standard of fran should be under four minutes for some of us they're like wow that's really fucking fast and <laughs> and in theory yeah it is pretty fast But it's not super fast. There are people who can do it in half that time. Um, So if you're not hitting that four-minute mark, your scaling is off. So let's say... So again, Fran is written to be about a four-minute workout. If you're doing Fran and you can do it in a minute 30, which I don't think is really possible, let's say two minutes, you probably have outgrown Fran. So you should be doing Fran with maybe 115 and chest of our pull-ups. Exactly. So you're scaling that workout up. Where again, like we talk about all the time, many of us are like, oh, scaling, we're bringing it down, we're bringing it down. You can scale up as well. Nobody so, sees the opposite end of that spectrum. Right. Nobody really thinks about the opposite end of that spectrum. But it is possible to scale right. a workout up. Right. Or you're doing like, like we did in the open the one year, you're doing like every four minutes on the minute, Franz. So now you're, right. So now your goal is to do Fran for an extended period of time yeah. versus... I'm only going to do one Fran that's going to take me two minutes. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're changing the stimulus at that point because if you're doing Fran in two minutes, you've outgrown that workout, yeah. which none of us are there yet. Yeah. Um, so again, the RX is written to 
illustrate what our stimulus is meant to be for that specific workout. It's not, this is what I need to do. It could be, this is what I'm basing my workout off of to scale down. This is what I'm basing my workout off of to scale up. Yeah. Both are acceptable. You yeah. know, we have been putting in that RX plus and that RX uh, standard on all the workouts lately. And I think that's been great. A lot of us who like live and die by the RX, some days we see the RX plus and we're like, that's too much for me. And then we go RX. And I think that's great. You know, I, or we see both and we're like, that's too much. I'm going to split the middle or whatever. And yeah. I think that's great to have those options. And you should not be afraid of taking those options or taking a lower option or a higher option. Um, y- you know, it, again, it's meant to be there to give you a guide, not to be, this is the end all be all. This is how I need to do this workout. Yeah. And kind of bringing it back even further than that, like what me and Greg talked about at the beginning of like what we say in the briefs before workouts and stuff like that. Like if I was going to coach Fran right now, the, one of the first things that I would say is that this workout should take about four minutes. And the second thing that I would say is that weight should be light enough that you're going to do the set of 21 unbroken. Right. And that's part of the stimulus of friend. And that's that's kind of like, usually I give you something or we give you something along those lines of like, hey, like you should be able to do easy sets of five with this. Or I want every time you pick up that barbell, I want you to be able to knock out seven thrusters. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Typically before each of these workouts, we give you kind of a guideline in so much of that. And that's similar to us seeing that workout or seeing a different workout and being like, Hey, like those are 95 pound, uh, thrusters. That's like the guideline for that is that should be a lightweight. Right. If you're doing a workout, it doesn't even have to be front. And I'm just using 95 pound thrusters as an example. But like if there's a hero workout or something like that and you see 95 pound thrusters in it, that should be a relatively lightweight depending on the stimulus of the workout, but if typically that's going to be a lightweight, right? So that's a guideline for us coaches going through, and we're trying to relay that guideline to you in a more extended version, obviously, right. but trying to relay those guidelines to you about what we want you to get out of this workout. Right? Yeah, or another one we had a couple weeks ago I think was a great example. We had um, a workout that was um, double-unders, deadlifts, and strict pull-ups, and it was written that the uh, deadlifts should have, were meant to be a heavy set of seven touch and go. And I saw some people who went out the gate doing deadlift singles. Like, that. again, it, if we didn't want you to do it in a specific way, we wouldn't write it on the board that way. Like, this isn't CrossFit in 2003 where it's get it done as fast as you can, however you want to get it done. There's a time and a place for that, and it's not in your daily training. Yeah, you know, it, it just doesn't make sense to do it that way. If I if I want you to do heavy singles, I tell you to do heavy singles. So, again, not to beat a dead horse, we're only trying to look out for what's best for you guys and trying to make sure you guys are getting the most out of your workouts and the most out of your fitness. So, you know, we'll tell you once, we might tell you twice. After that, you're an adult. You know, <laughs> you can make your own decisions. Um, we're not babysitters. Right, we're not babysitters. And, you know, you're paying us for our advice. So I don't know why you wouldn't listen to it. But, um, again, you know, as always, guys, if you have any questions on any of this stuff, come see us. We're more than happy to answer questions on what your workout should be looking like, whether that's in class, outside of class. You know, you have a question very specific to a workout, ask before the workout starts. You know, I feel like I can maybe do this weight today. Um, but I don't know, it might be close. 
Maybe we tell you, hey man, I would rather you string those reps together and not push the weight today. Or maybe it's a day where we're like, hey, you know what? I think you're ready. Let's push that weight today and see what happens. Yeah. And you I know, mean, like, you're not going to hit your scale on the head every single time, yeah. but you should be doing your best to do it every yeah. single time. And I mean, nine times out of ten, if you ask us prior, like, we'll most likely have a, either a good tidbit of advice, right. or like, if you're asking the question, you already have a good idea of like what you can and can't do. So we're probably going to be like, hey, like, today's the day. Right. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to hit that 115 bar for this workout, like, hit that 115 bar for this workout. You know, like, it, it, it's always better to, to, to do it with our permission, I feel. For sure. <laughs> In that case. For sure. For sure. <laughs> I agree with that 100%. Um, I think that pretty much hits the nail on the head for this, guys. Again, like, I don't want you to feel like we're being, like, shame on you. Because we're not. You know, everyone is going to make that mistake. Everyone is going to have that workout where it doesn't go, like, how you plan. And it's okay to take a step back during that workout and look at it and go, okay, I fucked up. How can I do my best to preserve the stimulus in the rest of this workout versus just trying to be hard-headed and suffer through? Yeah. That's how you get hurt. That's how you get a shitty workout. And we don't want that to happen yeah. to anybody. Yeah. So um, that's I mean, really it for the day. Yeah, I mean, both of us have, have gone through that point in our lives right. when we've underscaled or, over, or for sure overscaled right. a workout that, uh, that shouldn't have been done. So like Greg was saying, like we're not saying shame on you guys or anything like that like we've both been there but that's that's kind of like why we're trying to tell you right that like if you're there or not or if right. you're doing that or not like we've seen that we've been there right. so we're trying to and we've probably had an injury or got yeah, hurt first sure. probably doing something right. like that so if we can help you guys prevent those instances that's 10 times better than watching you go through the exact same thing what make all the same mistakes that right. we did exactly learn from our mistakes we've been doing this a lot longer than many of you guys have um we've learned a thing or two so learn from our mistakes and don't make the same mistakes you know we've made those mistakes so you don't have to exactly um again guys thanks for listening uh we appreciate it make sure you like subscribe throw us that five star rating make colin do a bunch of burpees um <laughs> Follow us on Instagram at BuckBuiltCoach is my personal account at CrossFit Arioc for the gym. And then you can follow Colin at at CBESH6. That's C-B-O-E-S-C-H-6. But hey, don't you make me do a lot of burpees as it is? I do. All right. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Keep it the face, I put my team on the map. Easy.